Hey there, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Next in Line podcast brought to you by the RFK Refugees Sporting Network. Um, right now, you got Adam Davis in the studio, and I'm um, coming at you in a, in a darker time uh, in Loudoun United's uh, season right now uh, on the back of six straight losses. Not a great time uh, in, in the club. Um, after riding really high uh, in, in, a, in a run in the U.S. All Open, U.S. Open Cup, excuse me, um, we're we're not doing hot right now, and uh, we don't have any favors coming our way either. So I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about some of the uh, transfer uh, news that's occurred and um, what that means for us going forward, and maybe what some of these problems are. So so thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening, and uh, let's, let's get let's get going. Um, so first off, let's talk about these first these these losses right so going into the uh, u.s open cup we had had just sustained a loss um and, and kind of a, an expected loss you know we had a lot of fixture congestion going on and um so we're going into this match against this historic match against columbus crew and uh, an early red card uh, unfortunate red card but a, a correct red card correctly called red card uh, on Kasasamake on uh, a set piece where just the the boys weren't paying attention um, and Columbus's uh, expertise their uh, their veteran knowledge took advantage of the situation and uh, caught us off and Samake made a decision and uh, you know a decision that could have saved a goal but ended up you know resulting in his his red a red card so um, we go down a man and uh, they absolutely just thrash us in the first half and kind of uh, let off the throttle in the second half in which we uh, have the opportunity to, to win a penalty. Um, Khalil Medkar won a penalty and, and, and scored uh, that penalty as well. And um, yeah, I mean, there's not much to say about that. This is a much better competition. This is one of the better MLS teams right now, uh, a team that I kind of talked about how they are struggling in front of goal. Like their, their, their attacking options aren't deep, but... Um, they they all performed well. They all had a, a great performance, and um, they got to rest some of their stars too, and still get a, run away with a a, um, a a five to one lead or one to five lead or win. And so um, so yeah, so we we lose against Phoenix on the road in, in a kind of a collapse, a last minute collapse, uh, a, a type of match that we had seen in the past. You know in years past where last minute kind of the focus changes the focus shifts and and uh and and we lose that in in two silly late goals we go to we go to the indie match right and uh and, and a similar um they they steal it at the death kind of situation in columbus and so then we're running you know three losses and we're kind of looking at situation like well no favors you know like i said earlier no favors coming our way um, El Paso, which is one of the, the highest firing teams right now in the West. And the West is kind of undoubtedly looked at right now as the better of the two conferences. Uh, so El Paso, uh, you know, we're, we're traveling away to El Paso. Uh, we haven't done well on the road uh, since that Memphis game, that early Memphis game. Uh, kind of not expecting a lot out of this game, but we actually did really, really well. We performed extremely well and... Um, didn't expect uh, to to do as well as what we did, but again, last minute, you know, we we, we take the L, uh, one zero, and, and El Paso uh, 
runs away with three points and almost undeservedly, but um, a couple of questionable calls, you know, here and there and that. But what's to be expected of, of the USL championship tier uh, quality refing that, that we've seen in years past? Um, so we go and we come back home uh, last week and we host New Mexico United. And I think this is really where things kind of come off the rail. So we're, we're at, uh, what is that, four losses in a row at this point. And New Mexico United sits similar to us across the table on the Western Conference side. Um, a team that is is beatable by all means, uh, a team that we could, we, we should be contending with, um, and they come over and just muscle us from the first minute. Uh, they they just dominate. You know they they get a goal in the first half and uh, all the wind is gone. Um, we we get lucky uh, on a second yellow where Ryden takes a second yellow and and we get to. Uh, capitalize and, and get back a goal, a penalty, kind of in the same feeling, same vibe of the Columbus match. But um, they they do. I, so I, I'm kind of being critical here. I, I think that they didn't muscle us. They didn't they didn't own this game. You know, there were opportunities and there were chances. And they, this is where I think I, I say things come off the rail. And I, and I, I want to say that they came off the rail because the mentality shifted when terrible, terrible calls were made uh, by the 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 refs in this match it's one of those matches where you, you hope that there is a there's a part of the the league that is it has the resources to conduct uh reviews of matches and and um in, in, that are just such bad performances by the refs um there was i mean just off the top of my head there was a handball in the in the box that was pretty obvious there was a very obvious goal a wonderful strike i believe by panos um and just all in all, I mean, the the ratings for the players did not demonstrate the actual performance because those early opportunities, those early chances, um, should have been goals, should have been penalties, and there were there were at least three of them in the first half. But the problem therein lies with the same issue that existed in El Paso, the same issue issue that we had with Indy or uh, with, uh, with with Phoenix in that the mentality then breaks down, uh, whether it's a last minute break in, uh, in, in attention or it's the, the mentality is, is crumbles because of, of poor calling and, and, and dwelling on that poor calling. And, um, next thing you know, we we get thrashed at home one to three. Um, and, and honestly it should have been zero to three. If you look at it, I mean, there was a good call it was right. The right call for that penalty, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, a Mercy goal, if, if anything else. Um, so we're sitting there, and uh, we got. If you look at the tables, if you look at performances on the season, you're thinking five losses in a row. Holy shit, this is not good. Well, thankfully, Hartford is a team. You know, we're, we're traveling away um, to Hartford, a team that we have consistently had pro performances against i think that we played them 12 or 13 times and only beat them once and that was an away match last season sometime maybe september time frame um but hartford has been arguably i know it's still somewhat early we're closing in on the you know the the first half um of the season closing out but still a lot of the identities are yet to be determined as the season is kind of rounding out um, but uh, with how the season's gone so far, you could argue Hartford is probably the worst team in the league, both East and West. And so you're thinking we're traveling up to Hartford. This is a chance for the guys to really um, 
come out and uh, and recover, get that win, shake it off, kind of like you know when you have a striker that uh, needs that first goal and you kind of give him that penalty, so he's just got one tallied, and then maybe you hope that they start to flow after that, and and it didn't happen. Um, we we again got got beat. We got beat from the from the whistle. You know, overall there were opportunities, there were chances. Sure, um, it was rainy and all that kind of stuff, and you can make all the excuses you want, and I'll talk about those excuses in a minute. But but ultimately speaking, we weren't we were not uh, capitalizing on, on chances that the ball dropped in the box, and we were not finishing. We were not bossing the midfield. Um, we were not bossing possession in in ways that I know that that Coach Ryan um, Martin wants. Uh, so. And they were able to, uh, to to notch two past us. You know, they were able to do what, what we couldn't do. Um, that was a weak penalty call, but you know, props to Elvis Amo, uh, a former star here. Um, he was our leading goal scorer a few years back in one of our darker seasons. Uh, but he continues to go elsewhere and, and perform. Um, and and he's their number nine right now. So props to props to to Hartford for for. Uh, Handing over the the crown, I probably for maybe the worst currently performing team right now in the USL uh, Championship. So, um, unfortunately, that that would that would go to us, right? Um, and, and next up, we got no favors again. I this is the third time saying this. We got no favors coming our way uh, in in a match against Pittsburgh Riverhounds, and we'll talk about them um, in, in just a second. But um, you know, this is this is a tough time. You know, as a, as a fan of the club, this is a tough, a really really tough. Uh, period and it's a tough position to be in because I want to talk and, and and demonstrate my love for this club I want to I want to talk about how much you know this club means to me uh, on every single episode but you know in, in doing so you got to have tough love too I think that um, talking about what it is and where where it is we suck on the field what it is that's missing on the field um, I think is important and so to do that the first thing you have to do is talk about uh, what has been done right there have been multiple transfers that have come in um, during this, this tough six-week uh, period. Um, unfortunately, the biggest part of this whole process is the transfer that left. Um, and it has an icky, icky, terrible, disgusting feeling to it, right? Um, so Gasau Samake, after getting that red card against Columbus, um, not even sure if, if he would have had to be suspended for the next match because it's still U.S.-based, whatever, but it's still domestic. I, I don't think he would have been suspended. I think he would have been able to get right back into it. But um, DC United is struggling with, uh, missing Pedro Santos and uh, a number of other players. I think they've got a player suspended as well. Uh, I don't know who cares about their roster, but they are struggling at the left back, left wing back position. And, uh, which is, a you know, kind of that, that three center back, uh, you know, five man back line situation that Rooney wants to play, uh, there at Audi and, uh, uh, uh Gustavo Samake is uh, it fits perfectly into that, and so they recalled him off of loan, and he has been one of our most consistently consistently good performing players, and so to lose him, um, it hurts us, right? He's he's started I think every match since they've taken him back, and he's been all right. He's been good. Um, he's a player that we know is capable. There's a lot of players on our roster that we know are capable of playing consistently, you know, consistent minutes at the MLS level and could perform well at the MLS level, whether they would fit into DC's roster or whether they would fit into another MLS roster. But the fact of the matter is that by, by doing that and, and patching a hole, um, a hole that they're probably going to throw Santos or someone else back into eventually as the season goes on, it, it hurt us. It hurt us a lot. 
Um, it had a the, the icky feeling I talk about is it had a feeling of years past where DC didn't look at us as a place you know out of, out of respect, a place that you know could actually take wins and, and had a chance. They looked at us as a place to, to hold players while they didn't want to, have to deal with contract issues. And so um, I didn't I didn't love that. Uh, we we really needed Samake uh, to continue, and um, they gave us Hayden Sargis, a player who got has gotten I think no minutes in the MLS so far this season. Um, and, and a player that uh, can slot in that left back position, but is really uh, he's a center back. Um, he's had some good experiences in, in the USL Championship, and so you think like, okay, well at least we're getting somebody. At least there's an exchange, but it's not a player that has been doing well and 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 and, and vibing well. He's had good chemistry with with our roster, and so uh, that's a loss even even gaining Hayden. Um, and then just before the Hartford match to, to start, um, and this almost had icky feelings to it too, was uh, the we, we gained Jackson Hopkins. Now, Jackson Hopkins, I'm a little more excited about uh, him coming. He's a very talented player. He can play kind of in center forward or attacking mid. He can play out on the wings. Um, he can kind of do it all a little bit, you know, and, and that's great. You know, we need goals right now, and I think he can be one of the guys who can help provide them or at least provide assists. Um, he's, he's young, but he is very talented. He's big. Uh, you know, he can hold up defenders. We, we've watched him, you know, he succeeded in the later half of the season last year for DC United. Um, we've seen him succeed in, in Loudoun jerseys before. Um, I, from what I'm hearing, he asked to come to Loudoun, knowing that minutes were going to continue to be limited uh, with, with, with opportunities at DC. So um, that's what you want. You want a player that wants to be here, not someone who's, you know, kind of had the, the newspaper swatted on the nose situation and kind of gotten sent here. So, you know, it, all things considered, this is a good a good thing. Um, the reason I say it's a little icky is because it was announced like what, like two hours before the roster dropped, or an hour and a half before the roster dropped, and it just you know, well, obviously they knew a lot earlier than that because planes don't fly that fast. So he traveled to Hartford with the guys. You know, he went out there, he started, so he's probably gotten a couple training sessions in with the guys. So it had that icky feeling because nobody knew, nobody. It's it, it was yet again, it had the vibe of we don't know how the the terms of this contract is. It a is it one of these like silly four hour loans? Is it a couple days, a couple weeks? Is it the rest of the season? Um, it has the same vibe of years past where DC United does not respect us. And, and quite honestly, the, the reason why people celebrated so much that DC became a minority owner and that we had a new ownership group was because we didn't like that. It didn't feel good. It, and, and sometimes we benefited from it, but more often than not, because it takes time to train with players. It takes time to have, you know, to develop chemistry with players. It takes, takes a, a lot more than just, you know, this is not FIFA where you can just throw players into a role and then press X or press circle and, and score goals, you know, these players need time together. They need to understand, you know, the, their their timing, their their passing. It's they, they are human beings, and and this this just doesn't it doesn't feel good. And um, so yeah, uh, silver linings I'll, I'll talk about is and now that we talked about the transfers is uh is you know who's kind of been playing all right in, in spite of all this. Uh, well, let's talk well, while we're on the depressing stuff. Let's talk about who's who's been kind of shitting the bed. Um, you know, first and foremost, what little we've seen out of Sargis has not been impressive. Um, it's been disappointing. I don't know if, if he's just kind of mad that he got sent down here, um, but it, it looks like he kind of is mentally not here, not present. Um, there have been opportunities and chances where I think um, Martin would have liked to, to throw him into the pitch off the bench, and, and you could see he just didn't. 
Um, and so that's that right there is concerning that we lost one of our most consistently good performing players for someone who doesn't seem to want to be here. And hopefully that changes over the coming weeks. Um, Faru, Faru, um, I, I, it may be time to see what, what Jackman's got in between the sticks because he's performed well. At the beginning of the season, they both were doing so well. Um, but uh, Hugo's not been not been good. You know, there have been mistakes, there have been errors, there have been terrible, terrible decisions that that defenders have consistently had to bail him out of. Um, games that should have been a lot larger losses uh, because of decision making that that he's he's had. Uh, I don't know. I never played. I was never a goalkeeper. I don't know what if it's a mentality thing. I don't know what's going on there, but. Um, you know, it, it doesn't take a statistician to know that he has not been performing well, uh, and, and which is contrast to how he has been performing well in the first half of the se- first half, uh, first quarter of the season. Um, uh, Zach Ryan, you know, I, I hate to be critical of of, of Zach, but um, he hasn't been bad, he hasn't been terrible, but he has not been lighting things up in a way that we had kind of seen the first few weeks, and so that's the only reason why I can add him to that. Um, you know, continuing on the striker core, Tommy and Wes both have had good games, but then they immediately follow them up with terrible games. Um, they, they've both been inconsistent, and these are who you need most to be consistent. You need one of those three guys to be notching goals in consistently, um, not just having a brace one game and not scoring again for six more. Um, so it, until we start to really turn opportunities into to goals, uh, we're going to continue to see to see outcomes the way that we're seeing them right now. Um, so then, so to turn a little bit and start to talk a little more optimistically, who's been playing all right? Uh, Koa. Koa Santos, you know, wearing the armband at times uh, has been a stud. He has consistently been performing well. You could almost say he gets every man of the match the last six matches, but there have been better performances than him in each of them. He has, in my uh, stat keeping, he has earned uh, uh, at least one, maybe two during that time. But he is consistently, I mean, go go to FOTMOB uh, and, and look. He is like almost always registered a 7.6 or higher these last six matches. He's almost always one of the only green people, you know, green numbers out there on the, on the, our, our side, our roster. So so keep that up, Koa. We, we need you, man. We do not get injured. Do not dare even think about it. Um, I'm going to edit that out. I mean, that's it absolutely cannot happen. Um, Chica, you know, Danny Chica has been, hasn't been great. You know, he, he was actually, I didn't think, I think he was one of the probably worst defenders in the performances against Hartford. But other than that, he's been good being thrown into the mix. You know, our back line has, has, you know, those two defenders were, those were not the two starting defenders that we had. We had Cole Turner and Giannis Learman and both are out injured and both should be getting back soon. You hope, but, but, you know, when, when Bryce slotted in, we were, I was kind of like, ah, what's going on here? But he did well. And, and. Props to Chica. You know, this, these are defenders that uh, that were groomed and, and selected for a reason, and, and you can see that reason now. So so Chica has done well. Um, Rocha and Almedkar have both played in, it seems like, every position on the field over the last six games. Um, you know, right wing back, left wing back, center mid, uh, you know, right wing. It's, it's been They've been everywhere um, but goalkeeper. And so despite how difficult that must be for them, uh, the 4,000 positions they've played in, they're doing well. They're performing well. They're consistently putting up good, good uh, performances, and so you got to give them props uh, for that. You know, I I think that we do a a utility player of the year kind of award each year. I'd say that both of them are leading the leading the line for that. Um, Garay hasn't been great. Jeremy Garay, 
Um, he hasn't been the Jeremy Gray we've seen in years past. I remember at, at, there was a time thinking if we had Jeremy Gray and Moses Nyman in every match in the center mid, like we would we would consistently have the best midfield in the league. Um, and of course, we lost Nyman and Gray uh, continued to perform really well through multiple seasons, but hasn't been good this year. He's not been good. And, you know, he has gotten better over this period. He's gotten more minutes. I think he's gotten more confidence. Um, you know, you look at him, he's a lot bigger guy than he was last year. He's grown a lot. Um, he's like that, that, uh, that kid in Yellowstone that just blew up when the, when in, in the off season. Um, but he hasn't been great. And, and so seeing him consistently getting better, not great yet, but getting better each match has been, um, a, a little bit of light, a little bit of hope. Um, and then finally you have to mention Panos. Panos has been almost completely consistently good uh you know he's not been lighting it up you, you panos is a player that is is too good for this this team he's too good for this league um i hope he doesn't know that i hope he doesn't listen to this and hear that um but he has been just a, an absolute shining light for this team consistently and he's i think he had a pretty bad game against uh, uh statistically he had a really bad game against new mexico but it's not really fair because he had a goal that was called off he had you know another opportunity that was i think that should have been a penalty awarded um so, you know, having him out there is, is critical. Not having him out there, I, I realize, you know, we don't know what happens in the training field. We don't know how exhausted these players are. But not having him out there in the blow, start of the whistle against Hartford, I, I'm sorry. I think that's unacceptable. Um, you know, he got on the, the pitch later on, but needing him for more than 45 minutes, I, I think, is, is obvious. What a, what a must-win that Hartford match was. And, and one of our best players, you could say, maybe arguably our best player, um, on the pitch was not out there and uh I, it's it's baffling to me but again we don't know we don't know what's happening uh, behind the scenes we don't know um what's happening at training or, or mentality or whatever or, or burnout um I, I i trust that that martin knows what he's doing but that just seemed seemed wrong to me but um nobody's paying me for for my decisions on a on a football pitch so there you go um you know why what, what's going on why is it like this? Um, you know, we were a team that when the first few weeks we were in first and then we were kind of hovering around that fourth or fifth position. And, and, you know, we were like one win away from being in the top three. And then this whole slide happened. And now we're we were a team that was almost like a 70, 60 percent guarantee for the playoffs to now um, we're out of the playoff positions. And, and the path to get back into them is not a pretty path. Um, not with the performances we're seeing. So, so what happened? Um, fixture congestion happened. That's that's the first and foremost thing that you, you you can look at. You know, we had five matches in 14 days, and we do not have a deep squad. We don't have a bunch of academy players to throw up there, or at least if we do, they're not they're not getting um, chances to go up there. Um, we don't have the bodies to throw like we have in the past, and and five matches in in the span of of a two-week period is not realistic. They should be playing two matches in two weeks and maybe a sprinkling of one and two more, you know, when you're in multiple cup competitions, if you watch, like, the pros or if you watch, like, the the English championship, they consider, like, is a really, really fixture congested congested league because there's 24 teams and they have to play each twice. So that's 46 games, you know, in a season without any domestic cup appearances. So... If you're in multiple competitions, sometimes it might be crazy as like you get four matches in a, in a two week span, but five, five's, five's wrong. And um, you say that it's an excuse. It's a good excuse, but other teams are doing it too. 
other teams have we're not the most fixture congested team I don't think in the USL championship so other teams are dealing with this issue and they're still notching wins so it is nothing more than an excuse it just might be a good one um you know we finally have a full week of rest before our next match so that's good um is it enough we'll see because the mentality is shattered uh you know, we, we've had some tough, heartbreaking losses and some bad, you know, refing calls. And uh, those two, those three things, the, the fixture congestion, bad calls, and, and, and tough last-minute losses, they're going to get and they're going to seep into your brain, they're going to seep into your head, and, uh, and they're going to shake you, you know, as a player. They're going to they're gonna really kind of um, uproot you. And and that's what's happened, you know, the, the mentality, the focus, everything's broken down. You see it in the strikers, you see it in the back line, Um I don't know, I don't know what what it takes to get them out of there, um, but I uh, I think that Coach Martin's got an idea, and I think that uh, he's going to be doing anything he can, whether that means more rest or more training, you know, whether that means you know yoga or meditation or whatever, man. Like they they need to to, to shake the funk. Um, so yeah, okay. So we'll close out with talking a little bit about Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Um, like I said, I'll say it for like the umpteenth time this this episode. There are no favors coming our way. Um, we got Pittsburgh Riverhounds and then and, and Monterey Bay. Uh, Monterey Bay is a team that sits kind of similar to us in the West, but as I've said before, the Western Conference is better. It's just clear they are better. Um, someone on Reddit does this really nifty thing called like the uh, I don't know imperialism of like the USL Championship, where like it, when you take a win, you you take the territory of the team that you beat. You know, like whatever, like. Everybody starts with like their little like a region, their little area, um, and uh, the West <laughs> they own the map. I mean, there's yeah, there's a couple teams of like like Louisville and stuff that have uh, a large swath of territory. But I think the last time I looked, it's always the West, the West, West, West. Um, so we got we got the Monterey Bay team in in, in two weeks time. But in, in the meantime, we've got the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, a team that did not start the season in the way that the Pittsburgh Riverhounds normally do. This is a proverbial powerhouse of the Eastern Conference. They're always in contention for that number one or number two spot, them in Louisville. Um, you expect them to do well. They're doing really well. They're one of the few teams, I think maybe two teams left in the U.S. Open Cup. Um, but Bob Lilly knows what he's doing. He's a, a, a legend name in in U.S. soccer folklore or however you want to call it. Um, they are third in the East right now, and um, they have not lost a match in six. They have four wins, two draws. Three of those are clean sheets. Um, the the one nice thing you can say is that they've got a midweek match against Columbus, the team that smacked us around. Um, they're going to be playing their starters for that. They are hoping for some the hashtag cup set. They love, everybody loves the cup set term. Um they're a team that can they can give it to Columbus too. Columbus is going to be heavily favored, but they can they can win that game. Um, so they're going to try to, and they're going to probably play a weaker squad against us on Saturday. But you know, what does that you know what does that look like? You know, they're, they're going to travel to us. Yay! Okay, so it's an away match for them. It's home for us. But that's they're our closest opponents. So what is a three hour drive? You know, that's not that bad. That's not going to throw them off like a, a, a cross country trip. Um, Albert Dequa. Their 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 striker is leading the league in goals right now. I think he's got nine or ten. Um, that's scary to hear for a backline that's struggling to kind of maintain their composure. 
uh, Canardo Forbes is leading the league with big chances created right now. Um, I don't even know the amount. Maybe seven, eight. I, I this is a, they are not only a team that controls the the ball. They are creating solid opportunities, and those opportunities are being, you know, turned into, <laughs> converted into goals, and that's, folks, that's that's a recipe for disaster for Loudon. So, um, you gotta hope, you gotta hope that we can we can shake this off and uh, and hope that you know stop the bleed, you know, start paling out water. But uh, I I don't know, I don't know if it's something that the current roster can do. Um, I still think that we have a good chance at making a playoff position, but uh, I think we got we got some tough times ahead still. I don't think that we're we're done with the bleed, and I I don't I don't know if bringing in new players is the right answer. I think it is. It it would be very helpful, um, but the mentality right now on this roster is is in a place that needs to be changed. And, and hopefully, we know we can beat big teams. We've beat big teams like like Birmingham. Um, so hopefully we can do that. Hopefully that, that can happen and we can capitalize on a Pittsburgh team that's more focused on uh, on, on cup performances than, than they are the league, and, and that would be huge. So that's all for me today, folks. Sorry for the sad and depressing episode. Hopefully uh, I didn't ruin all of your, your mornings or afternoons. Um, looking forward to seeing, seeing folks out uh, Sunday, uh, you know, for the Memorial Day match. But uh, until then... That's all. Tune in out.